This is going to be fun. I uh, got to go. 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 You have to go potty? Where are you going? Uh, we are going where no person should ever go again. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, today is a day where we will get stuck in the sand eventually with the 1984 classic Dune on today's episode of Because You Watched. Whoosh! Star Crash. Dr. Alan Barris, Michael Klink, and me, Mike Vanderpool, the host with the Jost. Is that a word? No. No. It is now. I have a degree in English. I can make up words. That's what that means. Jost is like jousting and making fun of people. Without the U? Yes. Okay. Without the flamingo pigeon birds and the spears. Remember that game? Joust, yeah. 1984. That was probably about the time this that game came out when this movie came out, right? Uh, yeah, it was actually. Sweet. It was so, a good year too. 1984. Is that the year you were born? It's the year I was born. Wow, baby face clink. Right. What <laughs> happened? Oh, you baby face. <laughs> what happened? Ah. Uh, <laughs> you had more hair when you started. <laughs> nice life. No, I didn't. You didn't when you started working well, here? Oh, I think so. Yeah. Yeah, I'm pretty sure you did. It's called genetics. Alan's, Alan's only 22 years old. <laughs> he's been working here for, for all his 22 years, which is why he's hairless. Uh, anyway. And now that I've insulted both of my illustrious cohorts in this... Oh, don't uh, worry. You'll get yours. Oh, thanks, Alan. Yep. <laughs> yes. Um, I am the proud picker of today's film, Dune, 1984. David Lynch, um, whose filmography is smaller than I thought... Uh, as I checked him out. Um, and Alan, I think you probably want to punish me for or picking this movie. Maybe. I don't know. I was kind of our <laughs> chat because I was kind of confused for a second because. No, uh, no. Dune's totally great to talk about. It's just Dune is a Dune is a very ambitious movie and it fails on much of its ambition. Yes, I would agree. This film tried to do way too much. This film tried to do what Lord of the Rings did in three films, I so would argue. Before we go on, could you oh, do Jesus. the synopsis? I was hoping to get over that. <laughs> so Jesus, I mean Kyle, I mean Paul, I mean the one guy from one of the four planets is the Messiah whose mama shouldn't have had Excuse him. Excuse me, the Kwisatz Haderach. Yeah, thank you. Alan, <laughs> gonna, Alan, here's the thing. You're going to have to help me with all the words because like, I was watching this with Jackie. I'm like, Jackie, how do I keep track of this? Because this movie introduces way too many things way too fast. Wow, yes. And I'm just like, 40 minutes in, we're getting new characters. I'm like, this is not how you do this. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, there is an empire, and it seems like maybe it's... If we want to say pre-apocalyptic or post-apocalyptic, I don't even know, Alan. This is where you're going to have to help me. I picked it because there was sand in it, and most apocalyptic films happen in the sand. Um, except for Waterworld. Except for Waterworld. Um, <laughs> but here I think that what there is, this group of people who are trying to... Oh, geez. How do I even say this? There's this spice that does everything. It's like all spice. It does all things. It's from the Middle East. I mean, the desert planet. It's like freaking mana or something like that. Oh, and that's JC. He's Man- our producer who shouldn't talk. But mana that's okay. is something different, though. Um, Are you talking about biblical so mana? Because that's I'm, something different. I'm trying, to, I'm trying to explain this, and you guys have to help me, because I'm going to screw it up, and you fix what I screw up. That's how this works. Um, so there is this group of evil people in the Empire that want to control the spice, because the spice does everything including like Full get space. you high and makes you time travel and space travel and everything else doesn't make you time travel doesn't 
Not in this, at least. Well, okay. technically it does, because you fold space, but that's the whole thing. Let's not get into that. Yeah. Because space time is Because then the you're going to say back to the future, and then I'm like, clink, you're stupid. And then... <laughs> <laughs> Except the DeLorean doesn't go through space. It goes through so, time. Anyways. What I really like about this whole conversation <laughs> right now, this is, the, this is really a great synopsis of the film, because it wanders and does a whole bunch of things, and eventually, an hour and 40 minutes into this two hour and 20 minute film, tricks you that something's actually really going to happen. All right, you ready and for this? And then it doesn't until 20 minutes later. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then finally, the fight scene, the climactic scene of good versus evil and freeing the slaves and blah, 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 uh, culminates in, I don't know, because I've watched this four freaking times and I still don't understand what's happening. Okay, I, I got the beats of the story, okay? Yes, perfect. All right. I knew you'd pick up my failure. Tell me if this sounds familiar, people. Um, there's a father who is the sovereign of a land or of a people. Um, the father and son go to survey the land that the, the father is the sovereign of. The father is betrayed and killed. The son runs away so not to be killed. The son meets friends that help him survive and give him something to believe in. The son returns to fight for his kingdom. And there's a fight at the end. And then the rains come back to Africa. Oh, Toto did the soundtrack. Toto yes. did the soundtrack. Yes. Toto totally did the soundtrack. But w- is this fairly accurate? Would you say? I, I think so. That's pretty accurate. This if is I, also Lion King too, by the way. Is it? Like this okay. is beat for beat Lion King. Yeah. That's what I had in mind the entire time was this is Lion King. I had a hard time even understanding because I was trying to keep track of the person, people, places, and things of this. And I just, I couldn't from the very beginning. It was just too much information overload. At, at the beginning of your movies, did you have the daughter of the emperor telling you a story and fading in and out like she forgot things? Yeah. Yes. Okay. I, what was that oh, all about? I know what it was. It was foreshadowing me falling asleep in the movie and having to wake back up. Because <laughs> she says, "Do you things... want a real answer or do you want a joke answer?" Uh, <laughs> I, I've already supplied the joke answer, Ellen. You're here for the real stuff. That's why he's the. Doctor. All right. Um, the uh, Princess Irulan, who ends up being married to Paul uh, later on, although that's barely covered here, uh, ends up kind of being his historian. So this is her telling the story like she occasionally breaks into in the uh, book. So if we knew about the book, then we would know this. Yes. Or you can do what I did when I was a kid and you can figure out this incredibly complex and confusing book by having Dune the storybook. Hey, there we go. Is that like coloring book or? Nope. It was a, I was just a, a broken down version of the movie pretty much in, uh, in like golden, almost golden oh, book. Form. Oh, wow. So, so kind of like they do with the, awesome. kid, with the kid Bibles where they skip Leviticus. Do they skip Leviticus? They, they, they do skip They, they, they have to skip Leviticus. You can't tell the kids my about kid Leviticus. Bible skip Leviticus. <laughs> that would explain a lot, actually. <laughs> I'd have to look through because I have my adventure Bible from grade school and I don't, I don't, I think Leviticus was in there. That's, okay. Well. Good, good for you. Was it, il- was it illustrated? <laughs> no. Oh, thank God. No, it was not. No, so, no pictures. And I hated that because I, I like pictures. So if we think about this, this movie, um, and I took notes, but I still, again, I think, Alan, um, just overall, that it is the trying to adhere too much to the book where this movie fails. It's trying to do too much. If it, if it was split and trying to stick to the book, it would have been all right. Uh, but I think, but uh, from what I've read, uh, Lynch really went out of his way to make sure this was only going to be a one shot. Mm-hmm. 
and it ended up being horribly disappointing to pretty much all involved. Uh, Lynch practically has disowned it, uh, even though his touch is all the hell over it. Mm -hmm. Um, Again, it's very clearly a David Lynch movie. He just doesn't really, uh, I've read some of the reviews I read. uh, It just sounds like he just didn't particularly want to do a sci-fi movie. Which, so I don't know what he was trying to do, but well, yeah, you know. it, to me, this feels like it's Shakespeare. It's trying to be yeah. Shakespeare. It's trying. Well, yes. uh, Frank Herbert is trying to write pretty much the sci-fi version of uh, Lord of the Rings. Mm-hmm. Uh, the book is amazing. The book is I, I haven't read any of the other uh, uh, Frank Herbert Dune books, but I but again, Dune itself, I've read a couple times now and it's great. Uh, it is a very interesting take on sci-fi. It introduces all kinds of, uh, of interesting wrinkles into a sci-fi universe. Uh, it's a interesting enough universe to hang around in. It's influenced a lot of other stuff. There's a lot of influence on uh, Warhammer 40K from this, among other things. If you're making a movie, and I'm talking to anybody, um, do you want to have, because I, I checked the time, I, I paused it, it was 13 minutes and they're still explaining the backstory of the yeah. universe. Do you want to That's have... That's not the worst cut. There was a studio cut later on that I seem to recall the narration going on for at least 15 minutes. Wow. With yeah. diagrams and all kinds of other terrible things that should not be in the uh, in the build-up to a movie. Yeah. Uh, the studio just would not the studio or whoever was cutting it later on just would not let it be confusing. But it was like, we must have a confusing diagram to make it more confusing to try to make it less confusing. It's miserable. It's a lot it's like not what you should do. It's a lot like training when it comes to, to learning, right? Like you don't want to give every bit of everything up front because mm. we don't actually need it. Like the, 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 the whole four different planets, we don't even need to know that. We just need to know that there's conflict. Mm-hmm. Adding right. in the the layers of that up front, yeah, just makes it harder for us to even process and begin to understand. I'm literally was at cognitive overload after the princess fade in fade out introduction, and then the planet discussion with impossible names. Yeah, makes it even harder, right, to remember names. Jackie's like, my wife says, "Well, that's just planet H." I'm like, <laughs> "Well, that's okay, makes I guess." Sense, yeah, but um, uh, I think that Alan, the the uh, failure of this is that I, he probably and i haven't read the book but i'm gonna i would make the i would argue that was trying to include too much of the book where like peter jackson with lord of the rings took out tom bombadil and those things that uh, uh didn't necessarily contribute to the story or could have been melded with other characters there's way well, too many we'll, characters in we'll this. find out how well a uh a i hope better movie uh tries to deal with dune very shortly sweet Again, so, and I'm pretty sure that the that most of the main story beats are going to still be in that movie, and it's still going to be clearer than this. Yeah, I, the, Dune is not actually that complicated. It's complicated for a sci-fi movie. It's mm-hmm. not complicated for a book. Mm-hmm. It's not com- You don't have to know uh, as much for this as you even need to know to actually get anything out of the Twilight books. For crying out loud. <laughs> So uh, this movie uh, I picked as an apocalyptic film. That's what we're talking about this season. Um, After watching it, I would argue that it might belong better with season one. And this is me teasing our previous episodes where Galaxy Lords was definitely inspired by this. I I, I mean, I 
mm-hmm. would argue. And also Flash Gordon. There's pieces of Flash Gordon. So our superhero season two, for those of you out there in podcast land that want to go back in through our catalog, um, it fits almost anywhere, right? Like it's a science fiction film because it takes place in space, but it's not a science. How do I want to say it? It could happen anywhere. It does not have to be a science fiction film. This is a political drama backstabbing intrigue type film correct well political and religious this is yeah. about yeah. the this is about the yeah. founding of a religion ultimately yeah. and the complications that come about when you are both a political figure and a religious figure but if we're going for the lens of apocalyptic pre post during whatever i would say this is pre enduring uh apocalyptic yes. movie just because the society itself has changed because he now controls the spice the worms and all that stuff mm-hmm. took down the emperor which apparently the emperor only is the emperor of one planet. I didn't, I didn't understand that. But anyways. No, he's the emperor. That's his home planet. Okay. That's, that's the capital. So he's, anyway. So the point being that's is. That's the Coruscant. God, I hate pronouncing it like that. <laughs> anyway. In the books, they do Coruscant. In the audiobooks, yeah. at least. Which is hilarious. Which is how I pronounced it forever. So. Speaking yeah. of Star Wars. Spice in Star Wars is completely different than the Spice in Dune. But Sp- still ripped off from Dune. Funny how that happens. <laughs> and then uh, I was reading the. Uh, well, uh, so this, uh, sorry to yeah. interrupt, but this this is like uh, as I was watching this and, and getting bored um, with all the exposition and all of the everything. I'm like, oh, this is the stuff that Lucas cut out of Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty uh, much. This is this, this is some of the stuff that Lucas blatantly stole for uh, yes. Star Wars. Uh, yes. The Force is from this. There's no other way around it. Yeah. Um. But uh, I was reading the trivia about this movie, and apparently uh, George Lucas approached David Lynch to do Return of the Jedi, mm, and David Lynch said, "That's your that thing. That's not my thing." Mm-hmm. So he didn't do it. Obviously, I just realized where I made a mistake. I was confusing David Lynch and David Fincher. Yeah, that's or true. conflating them, not confusing them, conflating them. Wait, David Fincher didn't. I he wouldn't do mind Michael seeing Mezzo? David Fincher's Dune. Actually, <laughs> I think he could have done a good job. I think Lynch could have done a good job if he actually wanted to. Fincher, I'm tr- I'm blanking out on his movies. So, so Alien uh, Three, um, twelve, uh, uh, twelve, right? Uh, uh, twelve, uh, twelve. Uh, I'm trying to. 12 no, 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 not. Oh jeez, yeah. Exactly. Well, they'll, they'll come to us. But anyway, so, uh, <laughs> seven, seven. Yeah, no. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. Seven. Yeah. I knew it was a number. Speaking of numbers, <laughs> we'll get into the apocalyptic thing here immediately, right? There are numbers all over this movie. This movie right. loves its numbers from the yes. beginning, the year of this and that, and the, but there's numbers everywhere in yep. this movie. It's wild, which is probably it's to part duplicate of their... the feeling of the Bible to a yeah, certain ex- extent. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's to duplicate the idea of a chronicle, forty mm-hmm. cubits, or whatever the arc was. I think it was 40 cubits, actually. I know. I, I read the Bible. Good, good for you. <laughs> he loves Leviticus. But anyway, yes, it is my favorite book right after Ecclesiastes. Um, so is this an apocalyptic film? Yes. yes. Why? I just said right. why. No, but no. I'll you, field this. We're going to let him. Alan, because this will uh, lead into next week uh, in my selection. So uh, in a conversation with my smarter than me girlfriend, uh, we were talking about natural born killers and she was telling me all the things I should talk about in natural born killers. And I was like, wait, wait, hold it. I'm going to need an outline to figure to remember all this. The one thing I do remember from all of this is that uh, we were talking about. So why is natural born killers an apocalypse movie? Well, we'll get it more into that next week. I have an but idea he's going to pick. It is primarily week. based yeah, on too. the idea of apocalypse as its original meaning being an unveiling or a revelation. 
And usually this mm. unveiling or revelation is of a scene, an, a, a, what we call an eschatological scene. It's the end of the world. I have to look or the end up. of an or the end of an order. So in this case, we have a literal series of visions and the beginning of a new religion here that is effectively sweeping away the old order. And there you go. The apocalypse movie. Sweet. So if I'm taking your meaning correctly, an yes, apocalyptic Return of movie. The Jedi is an apocalyptic movie. No, 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 no. no. It might be. Sixth Sense is an apocalyptic movie because it's unveiling at the end. That the boy. Yeah, but that's not the <laughs> grand. Yeah. It has to be an unveiling of a deep mystical yeah. thing. That but is mystical and that deep. is deep. Spoiler alert if all of the people would have been dead, then yes. <laughs> yes. There you go. Oh, okay. I oh, have... and the world ended five minutes ago. There. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so Throw in the watchmen. I have, yeah, and I know that this is uh, filled with WTF moments. Yes. Oh, yes. It's all over the place. And I've pulled out some great quotes, but I don't want to steal anybody's thunder. So how do we proceed? How would you like Let's to proceed? Let's build up to Alan? the quotes because I want to do a quick review of who's in this. Oh, yes. This is like There's a who's so who. so many people. It's a who's who of science science fiction, correct? Yeah. I mean, it's All awesome. right. So we have the emperor played by Jose Ferrer, who incidentally is Miguel Ferrer, a.k.a. Bob Morton from RoboCop's dad. So I nice. like to think of Bob Morton being the disinherited emperor of the universe <laughs> who ended up at OCP. <laughs> then uh, we have Kyle MacLachlan. Uh, he of the butt chin who uh, went on to, uh, well, I, I don't remember if he was in blue velvet prior to this or not, but it's probably well, this was his first the same time. This is he's similar to um, uh, who is the per- the girl from Supergirl? I can't remember her. Oh name. yeah. The that, actress. That was her yeah. first film. This is his first film. And I thought he did a phenomenal job. Like all, oh, the, yeah, act, all the acting in this was good great. And solid. Yeah. Until Showgirls, where everybody sucked and he ruined his <laughs> career with that because it ruined lots of people's careers. He doesn't like Showgirls. We're going to talk about Showgirls. Barris, you've been talking about it for three weeks. Every oh, dude, show. It's, it's three Showgirls. Showgirls. It, that's because it is an yes. ur text of failure. It is <laughs> amazing. But I'm pretty sure this was his first film. So go ahead, Alan. Sorry. All right. So we have Dr. Yue, who is played by Dean Stockwell, otherwise known yeah. as Al from Quantum Leap. Yes. I cried so hard that last episode of, <laughs> of Quantum Leap. That is a tear jerk. That is. Me. When they play Georgia. I think it's mm-hmm. Georgia, right? Yeah. Yeah. Man. We have Max von Sydow playing Dr. Kynes, a.k.a. Ming the Merciless. <laughs> uh, also in The Force Awakens. Yep. And again, uh, piles of yes. other things. Uh, we have Jürgen Prochnow, who is best known for his role in Das Boot uh, and, well, Dune. Uh, then we also have Brad Dorf. He of every yep. bit part in every movie that needs a creepy guy. He plays uh, Peter DeVries, one of the Mentats, leading us to perhaps the first WTF for me. I did not remember the Mentats eyebrows. Oh, my. Yes. All the Mentats have these cra- or both of the Mentats, I guess I should say, have these crazy weird eyebrows for reasons, I guess. Cool. We have Linda Hunt, who plays uh, Shout Out Mapes. Uh, let's see here. Oh, where, yeah, well, she's all over the place. Oh, Popeye. She's in Popeye. Nice. That's where oh, I yeah, yeah, yeah. from. Yep. yep. Awesome. Yep. You're missing an important guy. Well, the most important. Uh, most let's important. see. We have Patrick Stewart. That's the most important. Uh, who uh, played Gurney Halleck <laughs> and later on got a mullet. Yay. Dude, that mullet was awesome. Man. And, and, and Patrick got a Stewart, rockin' mullet. Patrick Stewart 
didn't age from like 84 until 2014. Yeah, it like, was crazy. Logan's the first thing I saw age on him yeah. in. Yeah. Mm, uh, yes, and yes. then uh, Alicia Vitt, uh, who uh, was in Urban Legend later on and then nothing because um, she's not very good. But oh, anyway. oh man. <laughs> she was the child. She was the child. The correct? creepy child. Yeah. He was the man. creepy child. Yeah. Oh, he cast her in Twin Peaks. Can, as well, so yeah. when I saw Patrick Stewart, and Did this is 1984, so this is five years before uh, Next Generation, and immediately I thought, Jesus, didn't that guy ever have hair? Because mm, he's like, my. yeah, oh, never mind. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that's your Sorry. Back to the Future quote for the day. What was Jesus? Didn't the guy ever have hair? Is that from mm. Back to the Future? Back to the Future. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Thank you. Thank you, Clinker. <laughs> Yeah, that was all awesome. right. Well, now and, and, that we've reviewed well, oh, our you've, drama, to, you you missed the best character in this, Sting. Who, oh, yeah. oh yeah. Oh, Sting's how could I forget Sting? How is Sting's he the best character? He was one of those people that was like, kind of, hey, it's Sting, and then uh, well, let's have him fight but, at the end. Why not? But he is so like, yeah, making big eyes and like he just is, like oh. he is totally yeah. into his role. I, I got to admit, I would, love- and uh, he led to an ongoing MST3K. Uh, riff on his performance here uh every so often frank conniff who plays tv's frank would just let off with it let out with a i will kill him uh based nice. on this that, you know. <laughs> yeah sting's abs are horribly wasted in this film man yeah. man he was in shape wow yeah yes. this, this is like his peak his peak hotness right here if they in that leather diaper i guess true <laughs> if they would have made this movie or if they'd have remade dune not in 2020 whatever year we're in um but early 2000s i would have loved to have seen flea from red hot chili peppers yeah. reprise the sting role that would have been yeah that he could have been cool yes With all right so drama is persona reviewed all right now it's quote time hold on hold on hold on hold on hold on okay go <laughs> can i can i start with the first quote yes since it's my show is it my show? It's our show. We're the three musketeers. I mean, I feel like today your name's is your on it, dude. Yeah. So, go ahead. <laughs> uh, so this is um, uh, what Paul is that the name? The guy's name? What are we going to call the lead character? Paul Atreides, right? Uh, Paul is fine as a short. Okay, Paul uh, to his mother. He says, you carry my unborn sister in your womb. And I'm just thinking, well, thankfully, it wasn't the born sister still in the womb because then we might have had issues. Wow. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I will say an enlightening moment was watching it the uh, third time with the captions on. I was like, wow, this is what they're really saying. Yeah. Wow. Anyway. OK, that's my quote. That's got, it? No, I got more, but... Okay. <laughs> I got more. Uh, my first pick for the tagline for the episode, although it has been replaced by uh, one that I should have remembered right from the beginning, uh, I, I picked out the spice must flow simply because, well, it's uh, metaphysical and crazy. Um, unfortunately, the most famous... Uh, uh, the, the Arguably the most famous part of Dune is actually largely left out. Uh, and that is the litany against fear, which I used to use in my speech class to get students ready to go for their first speech. What, nice. what, what's uh, the... Only a small chunk of it is here. The two lines that I remember that they did include was fear is the mind killer. Fear is the slow death. It's what Paul is repeating oh, uh, while his, his hand is in the box and he's got the gum jabar at his uh, neck. That, that was kind of the, the hand in the box was really sexual. Yes. There were some O faces going on in there. 
you don't have to clap. I think that's okay. That'll get past the censors. I oh, here's, I am the censors. Here's a quote. Oh, uh, the worm is the spice. The spice is the worm. Oh, spoiler alert. We should have done that, but yes. Spoiler alert. The spice is the worm. This is and the worm 36 is the spice. year old. Spoiler alert. Everything's a spoiler alert. <laughs> yes. Continue. Yes. Uh, and then, and it, that, wait, I only wrote down two quotes. How's that possible? Oh, gods. What a monster. I think that was another, another yeah, quote. That's, yeah. There's so, some weird. There's some really weird things in the dialogue and in the in the in the script, like the spacing guild. What is yep. the spacing guild? Apparently, they're more uh, they powerful are than the, the emperor. navigators that uh, actually are allowed. Uh, they, they're the ones who can actually fold space. So, but what a horrible they're, name! Yeah, and then the weirding module. What's what is that? It's your classroom. Would you <laughs> yes? Would you prefer that, or they just say sci-fi names in front of normal things like the quantum engine or well, the flux spanner or whatever? Well, I guess with all the other convoluted naming of things in this, that those things are bearable, easier on my cognitive processes. Well, oh. one of the key things we have to remember is that Herbert is going for sort of an archaic future here. Uh, this is another thing that got picked up in Warhammer 40k later on. This idea that the universe is very old and mm. this technology that people are using is old and even like weirdly mystical in some ways. One of the things, that, and I appreciate the Fincher's decisions um, here, and I'm not sure how it is in Lynch. the book. Lynch, sorry. Jesus. Now I'm gonna be, it's like in my classroom. Let's not blame David Fincher Sorry. for this. He has to apologize for Alien Three. Oh my, yes. Um, is that you know films like uh, what? What did we watch last or first season? All of them, the sci-fi films or a Barbarella-ish type film, Galaxy where, Lords, where all of the men are wearing like refer- outfits that reference uh, uh, um, Victorian or or old olden times on in our country, right, or in our world, whatever I'm saying where the women wear bikinis. Mm-hmm. It's interesting because we don't have that here. The no. women are actually dressed comparatively to what the men are wearing, which I honestly appreciated. That, and it seems like the women are more powerful in certain areas. Like the priestesses have abilities that the men can't have because they can't drink that water of life or they die. Except for the one white man with... Of course. Who's going to come the save awesome everyone. The awesome savior yeah. who yeah. is awesome and is going to save because everything again. The high priestess, whatever her name is, says, I've never seen a woman or female child with the ability to withstand the pain of putting their hand in a box and imagine things that you have. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But then also Sean Young's character, who Sean Young has been in other things too, but her character is fighting alongside Paul. Is she one of the blue-eyed people, the yeah. femurs, what are they called? I don't know what they're Fremen. called. Fremen. Sorry. Fremen, sorry. Fremen. Fremen. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, the leg bones are strong here. <laughs> At least I don't have an association. Hey, Alan, was there anything in the book that was just like a random pug, little dog? No, I think the dog just got kind of showed up. Because the dog is in the beginning, and then in the battle, when Patrick Stewart's character kind of runs off in the battle, he's holding the pug? Like, hey, yes. I'm going to use the pug for things and stuff. And But yeah, <laughs> so it seems like the pug is important. What was the, and, and again, this is why this whole podcast started is because I want to watch things and then don't watch them like I should. And, yeah. And then I expect Clink to help me. And now Alan, you're roped into it too. Um, at the very beginning, uh, after all of the exposition and we're in the emperor's chamber and the people dressed in black garbage bags bring in this big, huge uh, container tank of 
water and a creature inside of it. The yeah. navigator, yes. That creature, what is that creature? And what's its purpose in this film? Because there's another like place in the movie where you're supposed to take drugs and it appears like did you Did you watch this movie? I mean, I watched it four times, dude. And I don't, I don't know. <laughs> it seemed like the, that. Go ahead, Yellen. Go ahead. The, the navigators are users of the spice who have effectively mutated over time. So, oh, I did not know that one. So, okay. like, yeah, they, they are human in origin. Like Gollum? They're not aliens. They're the Gollum? I guess I I saw them as From just Lord the people the that are able to actually fold the space in the ships to move yeah. the ship. So, is that who's who's the big bad in this? Uh, the big bad in this are the Harkonnens, the evil house. The Baron is the villain. All the pustules on his face and yeah, and the guy that floats around yeah and yes. does. Things, things to young boy. Anyways, yes. Yeah, this this book um, or this book, this movie. I said it in our in our chat, and I'm going to say it again here, and we may have to clap. But this movie is the reason that Warriors of the Wasteland was made. There is a lot of homoerotic things going on in this film. The yeah. Harkonnens uh, decadence, as is frequently done in both books and movies, uh, the Harkonnens uh, decadence is demonstrated through weird homoerotic behavior. I saw some of that, but not all of it. Mm. <laughs> There's a lot. Yeah, yeah. Uh, this it looks like. Um, you guys have seen Aeon Flux yeah. or the what, the, 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 the cartoon, cartoon? The, car- the original cartoon back in the day. I saw parts. Of it. I never actually saw like episode after episode. I saw right. chunks of episodes, so I don't. I didn't remember what was going on. At all. I, that's pretty much what everybody experienced. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, uh, there, there's a lot of uh, Dune in that. So, which oh, some yeah. of the, the weirdness of like. The squishing the bug to sip the juice and, mm-hmm. and all kinds of just uh, wild, wild things. Yeah. I that mean, was a wild show, and it was awesome, but, yeah, it's hard to follow, too. Yeah, But but it's very much influenced by, yeah. by yeah. both Lynch and um, Dune. Okay. I have a question. So this, the planet that the spice is on is inhabited by the worms, and nobody else, right? The humans that have the blue eyes are just there because they came there, correct? That's my first. Uh, a long time ago, the the Fremen have been there for a very long time. They're they're uh, for all intents and purposes Aboriginal. Okay, so there's no water on the surface of the planet. There's no rain. They have these suits that help them drink and stuff and get Stay water. Hydrated. Stay hydrated. Yeah. How are the worms there? What do they eat? What's happening here? You have to suspend your disbelief to enjoy the movie. I, yes, I, I, I believe you do, but that's with most movies. And then after a while, you're like, okay, I, I can't suspend it that much. Just don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. <laughs> I think the worms are interesting because they look like both penises and vaginas. There you go. Uh, like the work of H.R. Geiger, which was a huge influence on mm-hmm. this movie as well. I was looking in the production design, and he was not directly involved. I kind of expected he was because of the worms. Oh. Yeah, because of the weird ships on I'm, occasion. I'm looking through my notes here and some of the WTF moments that I have. I don't know if you want to get into those. Yeah, but, sure. Um, when he's training the first hundred people in the... Uh, who's, the who's the he? Uh, the Paul. That's what oh. his name is. Yeah. yeah. Paul is training the first hundred people in the um, the thought gun thing. What is that called? 
It's the it is the weirding module is the thing that it's the weirding module is the thing on the throw it channels through the gun apparently. Yeah. And by the way, that's entirely made up for the movie. Um, what <laughs> he teaches them in the book, if I remember right, is the actual weirding way, which is a, a weird mystical technique for actually like projecting your voice. It's closer to what uh, what uh, Jessica does. But okay, so a couple things with that. First off. Why couldn't the army at the beginning of the movie with Patrick Stewart with the pug, why couldn't they use the weirding modules to take out people instead of those weird hand cannon, shoulder cannon guns? Uh, because the weirding <laughs> modules through the magic of con- plot convenience all got burned. <laughs> uh, Dr. Yue uh, sabotaged them. There's a shot of them burning on the wall. Okay, why yeah. everybody had them conveniently hanging up is a whole nother issue. Other thing, so he's training. Paul is training these people in the weirding modules, and he had that guy uh, uh, kick and hit and shout at the obelisk, and then he uses the weirding thing to blow it up. There are two children there. I don't know if you yep. guys saw that. Why are those children there? They're child soldiers. Yeah, that's horrible. So we're supposed to root for a guy that's going to have child soldiers go out and murder people with their yelling thoughts? Yep. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. I loved it how we like the the camera work when the final battle happens. They're all using those things. It was like I have to show everybody making the face and making the noise when it fires, like over and over and yeah. over. I'm like, I get it, dude. That and while and for some of that, while Toto is just totally guitar riffing all the way through it, it's like total Flash Gordon at that point. Uh, it was very yeah. It was very abrupt too when the guitar came on. Like it was like very orchestral music, and all of a sudden, dun 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 dun. dun it you know. took so long to get to something that matters in this movie. <laughs> Good God! It, the setup, that like the majority of this movie, is like the first quarter of the book, which uh, is the other problem because it takes forever to get to Dune. It takes forever for the Atreides to fall and for all this chaos to happen, and then everything is rushed from that point mm-hmm. onward. Yeah. Uh, I, did you guys even catch that the worms and the spice are related? Yes. Well, he said that multiple yeah. times. Yeah, it like yeah. shows up super quickly. That's a huge plot point in the book. It's a big thing. It's related to the water of life, which is created when one of the worms is killed. And, you know, it's it's complicated and strange. And this is just running through it, making it even more complicated and strange. It wasn't the water of life the bile from the worm, too? Yeah, yeah, it's not fun. <laughs> yeah. It's real gross. Could, could be worse. Could be the excrement. You know what well, bile is? What well, bile comes out of your pores, right? No, no. Or no. your mouth? Is it poop? Saliva. Com- is it poop that comes out of your mouth? <laughs> it's everything is? in this case. Oh, okay. Everything. It's really gross. Okay. Really gross. <laughs> okay. Gosh. Oh. I want to remind my students of their homework, just like Al, the, uh, uh, Dean Stockwell, reminds the Baron of the Tooth. He just keeps re- going, remember, the tooth, the tooth, the tooth. Why did he have a diamond <laughs> on his forehead? I Mark? don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Look, one of the things they left out of this entirely is the role of the Mentats. One of the big things that's a uh, that's a plot thing that floats in the in the dune books and it never i I mean it comes up in the later books i guess uh and it's just briefly referenced in dune itself is that there's no artificial intelligence in the dune universe there's no computers 
No robots, uh, right? Because uh, machines got smart at one point and rebelled. <gasps> and Battlestar Galactica. Point, so it's post-apocalyptic and pre-apocalyptic. What? Uh, so at that point, they ended up creating the Mentats, uh, who are the, the guys with the weird eyebrows, who are like living computers. They're able to do complex uh, figuring and things like that. And they're sort of like, if you've seen the Godfather movies, they're consigliere. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Nice, uh, nice. They are designed to help the uh, the houses make decisions. And they're kind of uh, like the Bene Gesserit in that they're not uh, allied with anybody. They're kind of their own thing. They're like the church. I saw them. The, 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 they had the stains around their mouth. And they were the one guy was drinking the stuff and everything. But... I didn't put that with a living computer. I put that with possibly that society is addicted to that substance and they, right. then they revere it as being holy or something. And Yeah, and that goes along with it too. Now, why this all connects to milking a cat, I have no idea. But anyway. <laughs> yes. What that the was frick? Odd. Yes. Yeah. That was another WTF because I didn't no. even remember Watch that. I'm going to have to read the book again and try to figure out, is that even in there? <laughs> that and that thumb pug. <laughs> Yes. See if that pug is in there. Spoilers: the pug lives at the end. It's amazing. I was so happy when I saw the pug. It I is just the true four times. I don't remember the dog. How do I not? It's really small stuff? in there. Like they're oh. on a we're we're in a foreign galaxy in a foreign land with different uh, people, and they still have pugs and cats. I mean, I watched this movie sober. I watched it inebriated. <laughs> I watched it all kinds of ways, and I still don't understand what's going on. It's, so that's it's why the you're Lion here. King. With worms. It's a Lion King with worms. <laughs> this is unfortunately a product. In order to figure out how it has failed, you have to read the book. And I'm, is, I don't think I, I've ever, I don't think I ever even tried to read the, read the book. I think I remember owning the book when I was younger, but I don't think I, if I started reading it, I never got very far for. I actually read it one. for the first time as part of a class. So stay in school, kids. Maybe you'll get to read Dune. Yeah. Yes. The movie, I thought the uh, costuming was done well. The See, effects this is, again, were pretty really good. Pretty. A lot of the design of the vehicles is really interesting. The design of the still suits is great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. The uh, uh, it's really weird looking. The only th- thing that and my, my wife pointed this out because she suffered through me through watching it with me one time uh, was that some of the spaceships look like Monopoly pieces. Yes, a lot of this, a lot of like the bigger. Yeah. vessels the ones that actually go through the 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 really huge ones they look like crap yeah there's they didn't have a the lot of, of the stuff looks like crap just not enough detail in the models yeah no yeah. well they're not even models they're they're animation were they really really bad animation right interesting speaking of really yeah. bad animation well, oh because remember the ships all going in the same arc yeah to, like, that was yeah. like that was so bad yeah so bad. that's the animation yeah. part terrible but the animation of the uh, the body shields in the beginning. When Picard was fighting Kyle. I mean, when Paul was fighting Picard. Yeah. <laughs> yeah but, and then the knife. I don't know where the knife was, but they were going to kill each other. But then I didn't understand. He was training him. And then they go fight. Paul goes to fight a training robot. So there is uh, there are there is mechanics in this. So it's not. Yeah, a yeah but they're not. But it's very they're very dumb. It's not autonomous yeah. or. or yeah, AI ish. Which, so Patrick Stewart, I've been watching uh, Next Generation again for like the, I don't know, 20th time. I don't know. I've been watching it actively now, actually. Um, so, <laughs> what? I'm watching the original Star Trek. So, oh, really? Uh, yeah, over and over. It's, 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 that was gross. 
That's staying in there. <laughs> but anyways, so Repl- use that to replace the whoosh <laughs> because you watch <laughs> Star Crash. <laughs> nope. Uh, we should do an ASMR version of this show. <laughs> Let's not. Oh, speaking so. of whispering, I'm so glad that when they talk to themselves in this movie, they whispered because if they would have talked louder, they would have woken me up. Oh, geez. I like the thoughts. Did you, I, I, really? There, I don't know how else you do it, but it's dumb. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It reminded me of the comic books. Like, hey, especially the, the dumb part of the comic books. I know, books. but you're, you're, are you still reading the X-Men? Uh, it's It's been a while. I'm actually in, into Wolverine now. Okay. I'm on like issue 40 of 45 of Wolverine. Right, first run of Wolverine. I have a small stack of graphic novels and I've been reading through the Asgardian Wars of X-Men and New Mutants coming together. Chris Claremont. Anyways. They're doing a, a Chris Claremont uh, thing. <laughs> what? I don't fucking no, dude. I just saw his name in a headline, and they're doing something for him. I don't know what it is. Oh, that's cool. If but, I didn't share it with you in Slack, it must not have. Yeah. Met, met. Anyway, go ahead. But there, there's a lot of the things that happen in Claremont's writing. It seems is there's a lot of thought bubbles. Mm-hmm. Because they, he wants to convey how they're feeling inside, and me actively reading that, and then going to do, and I'm like, oh, okay, this is nice because I, I get to see how they're feeling and. They don't have to do as much acting. They can just tell me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But uh, uh, who's the guy? Man, uh, if, you, if you watch this and watch the acting, these guys are so intense. I love it. They don't blink. They're almost like, uh, what's his, what's Frodo's name? No, the Lord of the Rings comparison. Oh, Elijah, um, Wood. Elijah Wood. Elijah Wood. Elijah Wood is famous for just being able to stare, like win staring contests. Yeah. Like, these people are just like intensely staring the entire time. I can't stand Elijah Wood. Oh, he really? drives me nuts. I want to punch him in the face. I don't know why. I don't know why. The terrible oh. actor for that character, but that's just me. Oh, Sam. That <laughs> <laughs> sounds... Oh. Anyways, getting back to, <laughs> to Patrick Stewart, yes. he has such a, a presence as a general that I, I, I think he shouldn't be the general. I think he should have probably played the emperor or something. Just or because he's dude. got that type of that presence, that, that type of command. And then obviously knowing him from Star Trek with being the captain, that helps too. Yeah. Because he's got that grandeur. How I think he... they should have strapped a gun on him and put him in the suspenser uh, thing and made him, uh, made him Harkonnen. <laughs> <laughs> so the ba- he would have had a great time doing that. So the Baron, uh, Baron of the House of Harkonnen or whatever his full Vladimir name is. Vladimir Harkonnen. Vladimir Harkonnen. So uh, when we when he's introduced, uh, somebody that I think is somewhat famous is sucking pus out of his face. Correct? Uh, who is that is actor? the doctor, and I can't remember what who the actor is. He's like billed like fourth. Really? <laughs> in, the, in, the, in the credits. It's very strange. I hadn't heard of him before, but. Apparently, oh. he was a big wheel. So, so what is that pus sucking part of that? Because it's his just more is... of a sign that the Harkonnens are falling apart. They're decadent and weird and creepy and incestuous and just icky all the way around. And the Baron is like the the physical manifestation of that. His body is just falling apart. Gotcha. And why does he float? Because, because he is huge and chunky and he can't get around otherwise. So is that his suit that makes him fat? Is it like a helium balloon? And, and No, he's, just... he's fat, but he has the suspenser thing so he can fly around like Some he's anti- Peter Pan. Like an yeah. anti-gravity belt? Kind of, pretty much, yeah. Nice. This movie hits all the marks. <laughs> <laughs> Impossible technology? Check. 
and gives us like some of the weirder moments of the movie too, where where he's just floating around having a great time. Yeah. So, uh, with in regards to the the folding space, um, it seemed like the navigators have to know which planet they're going to and from, and then connecting right. them. I don't know if this is how it is in the book, but is it like Jumper, the movie Jumper? You guys see that with okay Hayden Christensen. The the rules for that movie is. If you've been to the place, you can teleport automatically to that place. So he's got pictures, if you can visualize it. So he has mm. pictures all over his apartment of places like uh, the the pyramids of Giza and things like that to where he can jump there. And so he can jump around all the place. Is that how this is? Or do they put in coordinates? Or how does that? I didn't understand how that worked. It's a little closer to uh, to uh, the whole hyperspace thing from Star Wars. Again, ripped off. Um, the <laughs> idea of uh, just like being able to plot a path and going there. Uh, this is... I don't remember if they get into the mechanics of it too much. I'm positive they do in a later book. I just can't remember right now. And that's where Star Wars does it better, though. Because you calculate calculations. <laughs> Well, it's the fun? power of math rather than the power of drug addiction. <laughs> oh, he said math. I thought he said math. <laughs> <laughs> That's something else. But they're not no, the uh, the, the navigators are navigating through the power of math. So this movie, though, this movie didn't do very good at the box office when it came out, right? It was $40 million, I think, is what they said it cost and only made about that much at the box office. So that's a... Yeah, it was it was not well received. So has this, uh, Alan, you would know, uh, received any, like, cult? Does this have a cult status? Yes, and it's because it's so weird and because it's a failed Lynch movie and because it's um, and because it is uh, because there's so many versions of it. There's at least there's at least two other cuts Mm. and anything that gets that multiple cut treatment generally is uh, on its way to becoming a cult movie. Famous (laughs) example, I think, would be Blade Runner. It's got like 20 cuts. Yeah. (laughs) Right, and again, one of those other movies that was not um, necessarily well-received at the time, but it actually stands up. It's actually a very good mm-hmm. movie. Uh, this, on the other hand, doesn't stand up because it's ter- because in many ways it is terrible. Uh, the pieces are okay. It's just when you try to put them together into a movie, it's not a movie. It's I don't know what it is. It's just a failure. This movie also, I mean, there's no African-American in it. Maybe is right. there maybe one you would have thought that after there, wait no there is one. like one guy <laughs> yeah yeah no but not a major character um, right it, it's obviously I mean I think it's obviously uh, some uh, borrowing something from Middle Eastern culture some of the names feel like oh, they're yes, ethnic yet, yet every single person in this know. is pasty white mm-hmm. um, you would have thought that after you know it's kind of what the what Star Wars had gone through. Uh, without having any African Americans or ethnic ethnic people in it, that this might have had, especially being four different planets. And again, this is where I'll go back to uh, 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 Flash Gordon. Flash Gordon. It was so easy to tell who was who from their different planets because of their their dress or their attire. And in this film, I couldn't tell who was from what planet just by looking it was a little confusing for me well you got the blue-eyed people that was it now you mentioned that uh you were wondering if people would have learned from star wars star wars faced absolutely no criticism on this ground until much much later really well yeah Uh, nobody always assumed that the that if you're doing a sci-fi movie of course everybody's white Mm. why would you have black people in the future well except for star trek yeah Star Except for Star Trek, which Star Trek again, that. Uh, it's one of the reasons that Gene Roddenberry is kind of a genius. Again, he picked up on that 
And whereas like Star Wars has a pile of white people because it was shot in England <laughs> or, or had a lot of English actors, I guess right. it was shot in Indonesia and numerous <laughs> other places, but it's mostly, uh, it was mostly done with British folks. So pasty white cast. I, I think that's what's hilarious, right? Star Wars in order to uh, have some sense of alienness or whatever was just going to cast people from the UK. <laughs> Right. <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay. An English accent. Yes, you're you're from so far away from yeah. from the rest of us. But yeah, the uh the miniseries uh from geez, probably it's at least ten years, probably closer to twenty now. It was done for the sci fi channel and it actually starts getting towards uh uh more logical casting. And it looks like the uh, it looks like the more recent uh, the the one that's in production now and is going to be out soon. Uh, it looks like that one pay, is paying a lot of attention to that. Which again, yay! Yeah. Uh, it might end up being a lot better as a result because it wants to win an Oscar. Let's keep on hoping. Someday <laughs> a sci-fi a sci-fi tour de force will in it. Uh, I so is there a headless guy in this movie that his head is in a glass jar? No. Okay. So I must be misremembering. There is a decapitated head at one point because uh, Raban, one of the uh, one of the Baron's uh, thugs, uh, they deliver his head. But he's yeah. not. It's not a live and talking head. No. Okay. No, no. No. What movie is that? Because I thought that was Dune. I was remembering from from when I was younger. Is that Crawl? Maybe. Or, or it's got to be in this. In in this space. I don't, Think I don't remember if it's Crawl or not. Or is it Ice Pirates? I haven't seen Ice Pirates. We keep going on and on about Ice Pirates. I feel like we're, we're going to watch Ice Pirates. Ice Pirates Alan has Showgirls. You have Back to the Future, and I have Ice Pirates. <laughs> it's, it's, it's our shtick. That is th- that's true. Yeah, that's true. That's our thing. Vanderpool. I was thinking about this. It's not Ice Pirates. It's Galaxy Lords. You are obsessed with Galaxy Lords. We're going to get him a shirt eventually. It's going to have the, all the cast on and everything. It's going to be amazing. Yes, it'll be fabulous, <laughs> and hopefully it's bought from the. <laughs> female women's section at Kohl's <laughs> just like the Galaxy Lords wardrobe exactly yes tight fitting so my nip shell I don't know if we have to need to clap there <laughs> probably should clap just for safety. let it sake. go yeah, who cares <laughs> who cares anymore um nobody cares about your nipples Vanderpool I'm sorry my wife does <laughs> <laughs> uh all right so we're up against it I mean is there anything else there's so much to talk about but there's Really not. I feel like this was a little bit better to talk about than Turbo Kid. Oh yeah, well there's there's weirdness and failure in this. Lots yeah. of it. And Turbo Kid was a good movie, but that's paying the price, right? Turbo Kid, I don't know that it ever becomes a cult classic. No, because it's kind of yeah, okay. It's a yeah. movie. Yeah. Where this movie, you can watch it and be like, oh yeah, that's cool because I saw it and it's weird, and I'm cool because you <laughs> well, didn't see it, so you have to see it. I mean, that's how cult things happen, right? Like, I, I could see watching this multiple times. I didn't watch it four times. Watching this multiple times, I could get more out of it. Right. Watch it. Next time you guys watch this movie, watch it with the captions on. Okay. Because I'm sure that there's stuff in the language that you miss, even if you are paying attention. Like the first time I watched this all the way through, I woke up Sunday morning, had a pot of coffee, and watched it because I was going to sit there and watch the whole thing straight through without falling asleep. And I did it. And I still didn't know. Good job. I still didn't know what was going on. Oh, oh, the scariest shot in the entire movie is at the end where that little girl with her blue eyes and her weird whatever she has on, she's got a knife in one hand and that that finger needle in the other, and she's kind of dancing in the 
the battle. He's, he's kind of tripping balls. Yeah. I don't know what's it was, going on. It was almost like it was like euphoric or something. It was really weird. I think you're supposed to take drugs when you watch this movie. <laughs> I think it would help. Okay. So is this like the uh, laser um, Pink Floyd uh, Wizard yes. of Oz thing? I think so. To a certain okay. extent, yes. Okay. Yes. So with that, what did we learn? I'm going to have you go first. I'll go first. What did I learn? I learned that, um, oh, geez. I learned that Shakespeare as an influence in the modern era, because I think this is meant to be this epic, like multiple families, multiple houses, blah, blah, blah. I think interpreting, trying to interpret Shakespeare in the modern era does not work well unless you're going to do something extreme. And I don't think this movie was extreme enough in some of what it did. It tried to use quirkiness or gimmicky things as it's extreme versus a film like um, uh, the Leonardo DiCaprio, Romeo and Juliet, which was very much uh, used Shakespeare directly instead of being influenced by, but was just really over the top with, with a lot of the things. I think this was trying to be weird for the sake of weirdness. I'm layering that on top of a Shakespearean type story. And I don't, I didn't think it failed. So I think if you do anything Shakespeare wise, you really have to just like ramp it up to 11. And this movie just kind of sideways makes it goofy. Well, next generation uses a lot of Shakespearean stuff mm-hmm. and they don't necessarily ramp it up to 11, but it still works. I think the whole wharf story <laughs> of, well, yeah, no, I'm saying like there's even a story with wharf, the, the Klingon and his, he's dishonored and his long lost brother comes and it's just a whole thing there where it's a lot of intrigue and, it, it's interesting, and it, you can tell that there's some thought about it behind that, but it's not like ramped up to eleven or anything. It's mm-hmm. just part of this ongoing story. I just felt like as I watched this, and again, I didn't, I you know the the Shakespeare classes I had, I I, I faked my way through, um, but enough of it felt like a knockoff of of a Shakespearean drama uh, or tragedy, I guess, set in in space with a little bit of biblical stuff thrown in to be more important than it actually really is. Mm-hmm. So that's what I learned. Nothing. <laughs> Just like that class. Just like that uh, 4,000 level Shakespeare class I took at Oakland. Thanks, Oakland. Wow. <laughs> I learned, and I'm going to pound it on the table. I'm sorry. You don't go against the family. Blood is thicker than water and spice. What's that from? Uh, well, it's partly Godfather, but it's yeah. from the mind of Clinker. <laughs> Which is a scary place. It's an awesome place. It's where art lives. <laughs> Anyways. Well, jeez. But no, it's all about family and spice and, and, and the drugs and the flow of drugs. And Is this a drug movie? Whoever controls the drugs. Is this a drug movie? It is? This is yes. Scarface oh. in space. Wow. Actually, crap, it is Scarface in space. The end where Scarface is... Anyways. He's got a mountain, mountain of coke and... Say hello to my little friend. That's the that's the wielding thing, the weirding contraption thing. Now, now I must correct you in that um, uh, Tony Montana does not become the emperor of the universe <laughs> at the end of that movie. He just that thinks true. he is. Yeah. Alan, what about you? You learned things, didn't you? I learned that the sleeper has awakened. That's prophetic. That sounds deep. Yeah. And sh- and not deep at the same time. I mean, it's super deep, <laughs> super deep. It was like <laughs> last night when I when I started watching this, and I was all pumped up. And then about halfway through, I laid on my side, and Jackie 
five minutes later said, let's go to bed. <laughs> you're, you're snoring. <laughs> <laughs> I tried really hard to like pay attention to this, but it's hard, man. These movies like they, this one in particular makes it really, really hard because I think like our other, I, I can't remember what movie we talked about this before, but this is a movie that you have to read. You can't just sit there and watch and know what's going on. You have to actively pay yeah. attention, listen to the dialogue. You have to be invested reading this. For the most part, that, that that takes energy, yeah, and that's why I fall asleep. For the most part, most movies I've noticed, wow, that if if there's a weird name or there's a weird like thing they talk, they call a thing, then if you just kind of scan over that mentally, yeah, um, and then use the concept clues of oh, that's what the thing is, okay, and you don't necessarily have to know the name of the thing, but you know what it does or somewhat, or if they go through the name of the house of this and the house of that, like okay, I don't need to know these guys' names. This guy's the guy that has pus over his face. This is the the pretty boy that's going to be the hero. Mm-hmm. We're good. So I didn't. I didn't really pay. I, I tried to pay attention. Then all of a sudden, the princess was fading in and out, and she was saying all these names. I'm like, all right. This movie <laughs> forty never minutes trusted the audience. It never yeah. trusted the audience to be able to put two and two together. Mm-hmm. And we will see whether the more the the more recent this this current version that's coming out. We're going to see whether it avoids a lot of this yeah but most movies don't trust the audience they always show the audience exactly what they want the audience to see sometimes it's a little bit more subtle okay i'm thinking that we might see something a little bit closer uh, um everything bad is good for you stephen johnson's book has an interesting bit on this where tv stopped doing the flashing red arrow Whereas movies have actually increased the flashing red yeah. arrow, <laughs> letting us know what's going on. We'll see what happens. That, and, and that goes into what we talked about a little bit with Taxi Driver and Joker before. Taxi Driver, because of his uh, insanity, is not as beat over the head or, or as, as on the nose, whatever the phrase would be, um, as a parent or as arrow pointing to it. You could actually question that now because I think Scorsese trusted his audience a little bit more to to read film versus just actually watching it. Where Joker, there's no doubt, like it's he's talking to a psychiatrist, he's taking medication, like he's has all these things going on. I still have yet to see that. The Joker? No, Taxi Driver. Oh, spoiler alert. Well, the Joker was good. I liked it. Yeah. Um. So speaking of movies that uh, we will talk about again or later or something, uh, Alan, are you up next? I am up next. I'm gonna guess. Is it? Is it what I think it is? It has is to it, be. Is if it? Well, we already killers? mentioned it earlier <laughs> in the episode. Unless, so unless, yes. unless he's like pulling this huge like reversal on us, I'm pretty sure that Alan's gonna pick Natural Born Killers and the Ice Pirates. What? <laughs> Showgirls, an apocalyptic film. Showgirls ru- was an apocalypse. <laughs> it ruined the adult entertainment industry for years afterwards. Uh, it ruined a lot of careers, yes. but. Uh, uh, no, uh, the choice is going to be Natural Born Killers. Uh, nice. Again, I think it's actually a, a weird pairing with uh, Dune. And I think that uh, Oliver Stone um, loses control of this, and that's good. Okay. And plus it has my... Uh, because I argue that Oliver Stone is not actually a good director, and he's an even worse thinker. Oh, shots wow. fired. But... Wow. He made this movie, he made Platoon, and he made half of a good movie with uh, with uh, JFK. We're coming for you, Stone! 
But so, uh, but Natural Born Killers is an amazing movie. It's my second favorite movie. Are you talking about and, the whole back into the right, left, back into the yeah, left? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> it has. It has um... um, we'll get into that because JFK again. It could have been a good movie had Stone not tried to tell us the truth. He is obsessed with the idea of truth telling sometimes, and that in JFK it derails his idea of truth telling. Let it be ambiguous. I'm excited. It would have been great. It would have been an epistemological crisis in film. Dude, the words this guy uses. (laughs) But instead, it becomes me wanting to punch uh, Garrison in the crotch repeatedly. But I I mean, I'm going to beat a dead horse here, but that's kind of what the Star Trek episodes do. Even the old ones where they kind of give you both sides and let you decide. Mm -hmm. Right. Right. Not good. Not a good strategy for a composition paper. An excellent strategy in a movie. (laughs) (laughs) The um, uh, I'm excited because uh, Rodney Dangerfield is one of my top comedic actors and this is just such yeah. a insane use of him too it's so good i've seen big chunks of this movie but i don't remember him being in it so i, I guess i haven't well, seen he's the, whole the thing. dad okay i guess i haven't yeah. seen the whole thing wow yeah, he's mallory's terrible dad who is i haven't seen this movie in, in 10 years so i'm excited to watch it again as well and i haven't seen it in a while either so it's gonna be is Shirley is Shirley old enough to watch this no yeah don't watch this Shirley. <laughs> okay you'll go to hell <laughs> are you watching the movies with us by the way no i'm just i just, just come here. in and act like i know what i'm talking about he's just here on his phone <clears throat> adjusting the levels telling you to get closer to the mic i guess hitting that stupid applause button or the crickets button when he thinks it's funny for some reason every time he does that i think of prince adam from he-man just kind of throwing out a, a rainbow with sparkles i don't know why <laughs> that works wow and that's it's the reason warriors the wasteland exists <laughs> <laughs> all right ladies and gentlemen i think we're done here anything else parting shots no ladies or gentlemen listen to this show oh dang are we allowed that's to say ladies mean. and gentlemen anymore that's mean so hey, hey folks. people folks yes i've been using folks a lot hey, folks. <laughs> that covers everybody humans oh no we can't can't go do that yeah because what would the chairs think folks is good <laughs> folks. it covers everybody hey folks and what, are the, what is it folklore that that's what, a thing. That's that's a thing. Is yeah. That the, is that the lore of the folks? <laughs> yes. Yeah, some of us even got a PhD in that. <laughs> Alan, I think the best thing about your PhD is your freaking cap is the coolest of all the caps I've seen at graduation. What's well, that's that? just because it's uh, it. I, I think the cap. I don't remember if the cap is tied to the major or whether the, the cap is tied to the college. What, I don't remember. What's his cap? Haven't you seen his his? Uh, I don't go to the graduation. Blue puffy cap. Alan, oh. if we shot a sci-fi film, do you think that you'd be allowed to be the emperor and wear your cap and gown? <laughs> in, in, they in can't role? tell me what to do. I own that. Dude, that would be awesome, Alan. You're cast as the emperor. I will be the tomato wizard emperor, no problem. The universe's greatest monster is what we'll call you. <laughs> uh, wow. Stuff writes itself, and you're going to be babyface. Okay. Clink will be babyface or wizened old man. Okay. I'm done. Say bye, folks. Bye, folks. Bye, folks. Whoosh. Whoosh.